Hey, welcome to Village Church Sermon Q&A. Pastor Michael here with you. I'm in the studio with Pastor Craig and Pastor Alex. July 4th, 2021, uh, these two men preached a sermon on the golden calf, talked about anger, Moses's anger, God's anger. And one of the questions that came out of this is, why does God get so angry in the Bible? As non-Christians read the Bible, they have a very hard time yes. wrapping their brain around God is love. Mm. And yet we see that God is also anger. Okay. So we talked about the four situations where God gets the most angry in scripture. These are unique things that really perturb him. So Al, Alex, <clears throat> your name's Craig. Craig, <laughs> what, is, what is the first one? So, so the first one is when we, when we operate in creation in a way that it's not intended to function. Mm -hmm. So God put the world together to operate in a specific way, right? It's his creation. It's his deal. Mm -hmm. We operate within his parameters. There's certain things we can't do. Uh, we can't fly. We can't, you know, we can't defy gravity. God's put, God's put laws in place <laughs> that we have to go by. So when we operate outside of his parameters, that brings him to a place where he's angry, much like a parent and a child. Here's the boundaries that I want you to function in. And when, when the child moves beyond those boundaries, it moves the parent to, to anger. It's a very similar concept. And so the three areas I think that God gets most angry that we abuse is mm -hmm. the three areas would be murder, marriage, and sexuality. Anytime mm -hmm. we take these bodies and abuse the bodies of others, it mm -hmm. becomes it becomes something that makes God angry. And mm -hmm. you don't have to go far in scripture to find mm -hmm. out the first time this happens in Genesis 3, sin enters into the world. So um, you know, Adam and Eve hide from God when he shows up in the garden. They hide from each other. Mm -hmm. They put cloths on themselves, and then they hide from God. And then right after that, we have a situation where their son kills their other son. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. there's an immediate entrance of sin that seeks to abuse the image of God in somebody else. And you can do that best when you take away that image in murder, or you abuse it in sexuality, or you abuse it in marriage. Uh, these are the three concepts where you you hurt someone else the most. And I think that makes God angry because it doesn't allow the image of God to be everything that it should be in you right. or in the other person. Mm -hmm. And, and it, reflected out into the world. Exactly. Yeah. So so you can read passages of scripture where I, uh, those, those are, are involved in these situations, even all the way through to the New Testament. You know, be sure that that no adulterer is going to enter into the kingdom of God. It's because, and, and then Jesus with the Sermon on the Mount, same deal. You know, if you lust after a, a woman in your heart as, as men or vice versa, you have committed adultery in your heart. Yep. He's trying to keep us away from those things where we would enter into um, a situation where we take away the the image of God in somebody else, the ability for them to image God, mm -hmm. the ability that we have to image God in 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 ourselves as well. Yeah. Yep. So God number one gets really angry when aspects of creation that reveal Himself we mess with them. You talked about murder. Marriage, sexuality, Craig. Or, <clears throat> Craig, I got you some stuff in my brain here. Switch seats. I'm Alex. Alex. Oh, nice, good to meet you. Nice, nice uh, what is, what is the second uh, thing that gets God? Very yeah. Angry so God gets really, really angry about idolatry. So, and this is something we see again and again. This is what we actually just preached on, mm -hmm. right? So the the Israelites are at the foot of the mountain. They worship a false idol. They're you know dancing, <clears throat> and dancing probably means more than just dancing, mm -hmm. right? They are enjoying this idol just after God has 
has saved them out of uh, Egypt and has taken them and has provided for them. And, they, and his food is still raining from the sky. his food is raining down on them. <laughs> they're eating. And they're worshiping this idol. And God's words are, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them. Wow. Right? Like he, he wants to unleash on them because he is like, he is specifically called these people out. And yet they have, uh, the Bible uses the illustration of adultery. For idolatry, I know those two things sound similar, but uh, God has covenanted himself to this people and they have willingly chose another God. And we watch the story of the Old Testament again and again and again and again. They choose a different Which is God. spiritual adultery spiritual in terms adultery. of their yeah. spiritual covenant with God. It yeah. is amazing in the Old Testament how many times idolatry is crassly linked to sexual acts, mm-hmm. even when it's not like it's just a little idol on a shelf, mm-hmm. uh, God explains it as they are committing you know, spiritual yeah. adultery. adultery. Yeah. What a genius way for Satan, though, to like get men to give themselves over to these false religions. And you take mm-hmm. the most base human instinct and you lure them with it and say, "Oh, come worship this idol. That'll make that'll make God mad. Satan hates the Lord." And oh, I'll also have you abuse your sexuality. That's that'll right. make God right. mad because God made throw this in there. Yeah, God made that to image His union with His people. Yeah. So I'll mess with that. Oh, and, and I'll also I'll, have you murder. Yeah, right? I'll have you sacrifice children. children. Oh, wow, yeah. that's the image of God. it's crazy how idolatry, spiritual adultery, is designed to provoke God on mm. purpose. Like mm. it's very so. What's the what's the third uh, behavior that really uh, angers God? I would say, but my phone just went off. Uh, <laughs> Willful disobedience. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them in order yeah. so we don't get lost. My what? phone died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is you, mean a... you don't have everything memorized all the time. You don't get up on Sundays with no notes ever. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, willful disobedience. This is maybe one of the easiest ones to pick out, right? Mm-hmm. It's because we, it's when God says to do something and we say no. No, thanks. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I prefer that. my way. Yeah. Which, which is apparent. We just understand when your kid's are like, no, I'm not doing it. You're like, like you bet you're gonna what? <laughs> I'm gonna gently speak to you right now. <laughs> so, so anger mm. is required in those situations. Your your uh, willful disobedience is you literally saying, "God, I know what you want me to do, and I'm not going to do it." Mm. And this is, a, like I said, one of the simplest ones to figure out because God has preserved His Word so that we can look in there and find out how He does want us to live. Does He want marriages to be monogamous? Absolutely. You know how I know that? I steal everything from the Bible. It's in there. Uh, you know, does does He want me to maintain my sexuality so that I can give it to my wife as a wedding gift, as His wedding gift to us? Absolutely. It's right in Scripture. I stole it from Scripture. My the church. I thought those were your ideas. <laughs> no, the church. Saying we like your messages, I was just going. Yeah, I just steal everything I, from God <laughs> yeah. because when God says something, we do it. God is unchanging yesterday, yeah. today, and forever. Our culture will change. The mm. Supreme Court's ideas about how we should live will change. Um, the what your school will tell your children that will change, mm. but God doesn't change. So whatever we decide that we are going to function as in life, and whatever we're going to believe, and whatever principles we're going to follow. I would always suggest, why don't you go to God first, the one who made you, mm-hmm. who gave this life to you, who yeah. gave creation to us, and figure out how he wants it to yeah. function. That is a crazy thought. Yeah. So Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Backwards they saying, I agree. <laughs> For not having your notes, man, you were ready to give a sermon on that. That was good. Well, well done. That was, well done. I, that was, all right, what's the fourth behavior, last one, that really pushes God to the edge of anger in Scripture? Yeah, so this is really interesting. God gets super angry when the weak 
are exploited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see this specifically with children and uh, widows yeah. and orphans and the poor. Yeah. Um, in fact, like in the book of Isaiah, uh, God starts addressing Israel for the things that they've done. And then like at the very beginning, one of the first things that he mm-hmm. highlights is the way that they've treated the poor yeah. amongst them because they have not cared for them well, because they've abused them, because they've oppressed them. Uh, God is angry at Israel because of the way they They've handled weak people because God looks at them and says, you are weak. That's right. You were oppressed. You were orphans. Right. And I saved you. How dare you treat the weak and oppressed and orphans like you're treating them. Mm. And and that carries over to the New Testament as well. Uh, I love that passage where it says, you once were not citizens. You you had no place to belong. But God has brought us in and created us to be citizens of heaven. You know, part of God's own household. And so that goes along with other passages in scripture where there's no Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor, you know, we don't categorize in the kingdom of God because all of us have been brought in through one purpose or, or through through one means, mm-hmm. and that is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so we, we extend that same favor to others yes. in the same way. So when we are selfish or greedy or hurt others so that we can climb on their backs and get higher... This is this is definitely something that makes God angry. Yeah. Um, so why does God get so angry in the Bible? We said when we mess with aspects of creation that reveal him, we talked about murder and marriage and sexuality, idolatry, which is spiritual, spiritual adultery, adultery. Talked about willful disobedience. Uh, every parent can understand how that can provoke you to anger. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, when the weak are exploited and not protected. And I would just, I would end with this. If God wasn't angry at these things, I would be concerned. Right. And so if your view of God is that God is, love and only love and only ever love, you're, you're going to miss true God because God is way broader than that. And real well, love is not permissive. No, right, not at all. Right. Not at all. And, and he's absolutely, just to clarify, he's mm. absolutely love all the time. Yeah. But as much as he is love all the time, he's mm. he has anger. All, you know, he's fully all of these attributes at the mm. same time. Yep. Yep. So he, he doesn't lack. Yeah. I'm processing that one and I agree now. Give <laughs> me a second, but I think I'm with you. All right. I want to thank you for, for joining us. And next time we're going to answer a question. Is it true that the... God of the Old Testament is angry and the God of the New Testament is loving. We're going to address that next. So join us on Village Church Sermon Q&A.